Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. City Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Nine o'clock here on Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, 590 ESPN Omaha. Now, KFOR in Lincoln from 9 to 10. We welcome all of you listening on KFOR. We're live on Twitter. We are live on YouTube. Twitter. And we are having some fun. We will get into the quarterback talk for Nebraska football right around 8.30. We'll also talk to Scott Doctorman at 8.30, 9.30. My times are all mixed up, DB. After yeah, this you know what it hour. is? It was too much sleep yesterday. Yeah, probably way too much sleep. We'll talk to Scott Doctorman at 9.45. But right now, let's bring in Joel <laughs> Lorenzi and talk Creighton basketball, the biggest game probably on the year for Creighton, uh, beat writer for the Omaha World Herald, Joel Lorenzi. Joel, what's up, man? Good morning, guys. What's going on? Oh, now, wait a minute. Yeah, now, we what? gave you 15 now, come minutes. Come on, man. You, you can't be hitting 15. me with the D'Angelo voice at 9 when we gave you what 15 minutes. What do you mean, man? You... I'm up. <laughs> I'm up, man. How's it? <laughs> He's like, what Did, are you I mean, I thought, are about? we getting ready to go hit the studio? Are we getting ready to lay a track down? Or are we mad at, like, WAC 100? Like, what is wrong, man? I can always, <laughs> always go to the studio, but I'm up. Don't even try me like that. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, so wait. So before we get to Creighton Marquette, do, did you at least enjoy a little downtime with the All Star break? Man, you know the All Star weekend. All every every event was was. I'll I'll, I'll use a cleaner word. It, it was it wasn't ideal, man. It was it trash. Was trash. I'm it's not gonna lie. It's total it, trash. It, that was the worst All Star weekend I ever experienced, um, and I sat up to like two thirty in the morning, or whatever, to watch the replay of the the Saturday stuff because you know I was covering that game when all that was happening. Yeah. And man, it, I mean the the dunk contest. I never got secondhand embarrassment from uh, a dunk contest participant like I did for Jericho Sims. Man, I mean, <laughs> oh, good that was grief. bad. That was bad. <laughs> So, Joel, let me – okay, I, let, one, we got to slide in one more NBA deal. So it's the one of the major sports, even hockey gets a pass because it's kind of open icy and people like to see goals scored. But the NBA, man, just – can they recover? 
to keep interest. The, the rating, the, it's atrocious. Like, they have to fix it, can they? The only thing that's worse is the Pro Bowl. But even that was better than what we saw Saturday or Sunday. I don't know about that. Maybe it was. It was close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which 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 is bad because the Pro Bowl is literally after the regular season, man. Yeah. There's no motive. To, and 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 the Pro Bowl like wasn't wasn't I, I don't even I don't even keep with the NFL like I should. Wasn't Derek Carr starting in the Pro Bowl? Like <laughs> sure was. Three, <laughs> man. Uh, the the NBA they they need more. Initiators, bro. They need uh like a like Aunt Edwards type guys who uh, Aunt Edwards was pretty adamant about it. Um, after the game, you know, the wanting to try, wanting to, and he's all around like an advocate for um guys suiting up uh during the season when they're like eighty percent or better. Like he he believes that if you're closer to being healthy, you should play. Um, and you need more guys like that, man, because they, I think this. This new generation, and I'm 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 part of it, um, but I don't think this would be me. Um, everybody's just too cool for everything, man. Um, they don't want to be in a dunk contest because I was I was talking about this yesterday. Um, the dunk contest used to be um, some of the best players in the league back in the '80s and '90s, and then uh, I think even ten years ago, the the guys who would be in the dunk contest were like the budding stars who were about to you know cross that threshold. Now it's like. Um, like Mac McClung killed this weekend. Don't get me wrong, but bro is on a two way. Like, <laughs> right? Um, it's just different scenarios now, man. I mean, no, it's hard to care about it, bro. I guess I, I, I'm not sure how much they could turn it around with one year, but I think part of it is the overall, the, the gradual um, product of them trying to constantly tweak everything and um, like the. But what, what is it? This the skills challenge, like. Like who even wants that, man? Like the the constant changes and, and stuff have probably bogged it down, honestly. Yeah, it does feel forced a little bit. But you mentioned McClung, and uh, you know he's had hype forever. When he was at Georgetown, people were like, "Oh, watch out for Mac McClung." Then he went to Texas Tech, and now he's in the league, and he uh, you know performs out of his mind in the dunk contest. But do you buy into the McClung hype? No, he's. He, he can't he's play. not a great basketball player. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a good leaper. He's not a great basketball player. And the, the thing is, uh, this isn't going to like – I guess a good thing for him because I saw a graphic like he almost got his career earnings in one night of yeah. uh, winning the dunk contest. But nobody's going to go back and, and start watching his G League games or, or none of that, man. Like, this isn't going to – Sure, he might have a, uh, a few more ID followers, and this sounds like real haterish, but it's really not. Uh, but <laughs> stop laughing. But um, it's it's uh it's hard to like. I remember back in the day, like the Rosen was on the cuff of like stardom, and, and he was in a dunk contest. You had Chance Wall, Serge Ibaka, um, these dudes, Blake Griffin, before he really uh, J.R. Smith became Blake Griffin. Man, all these dudes would be in a dunk contest before they really, uh, either as they just came to the limelight or, you know, when they were about to break through. Mac McClung is, isn't about to see that, man. Right. So it's hard to uh, cling on to these dudes who are in a dunk contest, which is usually, the, that's usually their introduction to the league is the dunk contest, man. I mean, sheesh, what about even Zach Levine? Like, <laughs> uh, Zach hey. Levine was at least somebody. They're in the 10th spot, yeah. though, at least. I mean, they got a chance. Hey, so uh, too. yeah, 
let's uh let's let's get to let's get to the matchup because listen, we know about Marquette's offensive efficiency. Uh Calk didn't play the first time around. You and Andrew are having campfire uh s'mores. Did over. you see what he wrote in his article? Yes. Please ha- tell me the word you found c- in his article. C- having Calk Brenner uh hand holding s'mores moments, I'm still I'm in but man, I want TA to get some votes now with Trey Alexander. He he missed Marquette the first time around. How much will that matter in a team with Marquette that's offensive efficiency, especially inside the arc, is so dynamic? Uh, it's, it's it's a game changer. Um, I'm not sure how much you could throw off Marquette off what they do because they are still the top three offense in the country. But uh, any blow you can make uh, to altering what they do and um, you know, blow up their initial actions and get them into second side and, and third side stuff, which a lot of teams have probably struggled to get them into, even as even in the half court. Um, I think that that does wonders, man, for for a forty minute game. And um, obviously, when we talk about anchors, defensive anchors, Cogbrenner um, is among the best of them, probably the best in college basketball. So um, it's a complete game changer, and then. On offense too, like, uh, and I think we saw this in the Providence game, I believe, um, when when Kalkbrenner was in early foul trouble. Um, I think we talked about this last week. It's just not the gravity of Kalkbrenner as a roller, man. Uh, just the attention he gets because this is a dude that isn't going to span the post. Um, not going to seal somebody off to back them down. Like this is a guy that. Um, you know, doesn't need the ball to score, man. Like he's gonna take angles to to get in a position, catch it where he will score. I mean, he doesn't have to put it on the floor. Um, very different than uh, also Gadaro in that sense. Um, so you got to keep your eye on him, man. And it draws the defense. Um, the angles he takes off screens, like it changes offenses, man. So. We talked to Fanta at 8.30. We're talking to you now. And both of you said right then and there that because Ryan Kalkbrenner is featured in this game, that that's going to be the difference. But is that enough to give Creighton the leg up in tonight's game? Just one player. Is that enough? Because Vegas sure as heck believes that that is enough, giving Creighton five and a half in this game. Yeah, you know, I don't like Vegas. I'm not a gambling man. I think – those lines. Can I curse on here? No. <laughs> well, you can say anything once. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I think I think the lines be BS. Um, and frankly, man, I think Creighton might have an ankle up. I don't know if they got a leg up. Um, I think I, I don't know about that. I think the line is like uh, minus five and a half. It should be minus two and a half, man. Honestly. And if I if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Hey, we all are wrong uh, occasionally. But, yes, sir. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think uh, this game is, is going to be really close, man, a one-possession game. Um, and Because I really, Marquette, um, with how well-oiled a machine they are offense, this, this is the team that, you know, for most of the league play has looked like the best team in the league, if you ask me. Um, they have, they've hardly wavered. Um, they haven't really had that, that down – you know, like since I'd say two weeks before we play started when they bounced Baylor, um, 
they've really been on the come up since then. I mean, UConn kind of got a good went over there by a good bit, but um, Mark or Marquette has looked really flawless um, almost. Uh, so this, this game is going to be really close, man. I, I, I don't know what people think is going to happen, but it, it, it's a one possession game. If you ask me, Joel. Let me ask you with. And we were talking to John Fanton. He's like, hey, listen, Nemhart and Trey Alexander have to be really connected on uh, the defensive end to keep our guy from getting to any spot he wants to on the floor. And, and I asked you about the difference between he and Boom last week. I get it, especially with a couple of, of Boom's last handful of performances. But what's more important – for the W, is it for Creighton to be more connected defensively in the backcourt or for Creighton to be more connected offensively in the backcourt to get Alexander the necessary shots that I think he needs to get to continue to be the momentum killer? I'd say defensively because I think once you start getting out and transition a couple times, you really uh... – get a defense on their toes and then your half court sets get cleaner and um it just becomes harder to to stop your initial actions and and whatnot. So I'd say defensively, especially with such a good offensive team like Marquette, um, you really want to slow them down as much as you can. And um, frankly I think I mean if, if R two was to look like and the, the difference with Boom and Kolik is obviously Kolik is going to have the ball in his hands even more than Boom, and um, you could try to force him to score these days, but that that hasn't worked for a lot of people. Um, he's he's actually scored the ball pretty well this year. So, um, and then yeah. of course, like he passes the ball with the best of them. So really tough cover. Um, so I think trying to put a lid on that. Um, would help them for sure. And then Cam Jones is one of the best scoring oh, guards in the league. He's so, so strong. Yeah. And so um, they're going to need that, man. They're going to they're gonna need the whole defensive unit to try to figure something out. Because also, I think also that first matchup um, was really like they turned him into a scorer. But usually he's like a combo of like a scorer, playmaker, hub type. Um, really the, the playmaking is the appeal. Um and, you know, Creighton managed to, to limit that in that first matchup. Um, and you got to imagine that certain Cogbrenner would probably allow that to happen again. But if he is to, you know, become a playmaker hub and get some of those dudes involved, it, it could mean trouble for them if Creighton isn't on their, you know, toes defensively. All right, think about this in the context of the question. We know about Cogbrenner's importance, and we talked about R2 and Trey Alexander. So in context – and I can't even believe I'm going to use the two names, but I think they kind of are because of Baylor's shooting from behind the arc and shot selection and Kaluma's last couple of offensive stretches. For tonight, who's more of the X factor, Kaluma or Shireman? Hmm. Well... I think Kaluma, I think they need Kaluma's intent. Um, and I think, man, if he shoots it even close to what he ended up doing in St. John's, they probably don't lose too many games like that. Um, I don't know how many games they can win with the other going 
for 11 or 2 for 12. Um, but it's hard to imagine he does it for a third game straight. Yeah. So I'm just going to consider that he shoots, you know, 40% or something, and that can win them a game. But Kaluma, they need they need that intensity, man. The, the version of Kaluma they had all through January is a game changer, man. And then you, you factor in, you know, the shooting, which probably felt like an outlier at St. John's, but if he even remotely replicates that, uh, that we're, we're looking at a different game, man. Hey, when you look at Kaluma here, because um, I, I was talking to DB a little bit about this yesterday in response to self-reflection. When things weren't going right, he goes to the bench. He kind of has to find himself, but when he does find himself, then the confidence starts starts to, you know, it, it's contagious for the rest of the team. It starts to boom, starts to beam. And, you know, as you look at self-reflection for just any basketball player, how much greater important importance does that have on a player's game versus, say, a coach trying to spark something inside of you? When a player comes to it on his own, how much better does that benefit the player? Oh, uh, I, I, I think a lot more, um, really, because why not? Who better than to figure things out internally than yourself, really? I'm Self-reflection is tough. Self-inventory is tough real time. It is tough, and everybody doesn't have the mental space to do that. Um, G. Ben Simmons. So, um, <laughs> good, good, great. Really, hey, but, but you know, when you get to that point, that wall, and you find out how to move past it, not just week to week, but in-game, that's a game-changer, man. You could just in-game like that. Um, it means everything. So I think, it, it, yeah, it definitely means more when you are able to, you know, self-reflect and, and change versus, you know, motivation from other people. In your opinion, uh, on March 5th, the dreaded reference to March 5th, the last time you and I talked about March 5th, it was Creighton running the table. But let me ask it to you a different way. When we get up after uh, that weekend on Sunday, will we be, talk- will we be talking about tiebreakers as a determining factor in the Big East? You know, I'll let you go after today. Today, I think, did everything. I think if Creighton wins today, they have the uh, they have the confidence to, to win out, even, you know, having Villanova. Because people can't overlook that at Villanova. They're starting to get it. They, they act like they know how they want to play now, too. Yeah. And so, um, you can't you can't overlook that Villanova game, um, even if you know Georgetown and DePaul at the end of the schedule can't over can't overlook DePaul either, because um, I mean you're still they've, on lost, the road. they've lost eight in a row, Joel. No, yeah, they're bad. I mean, you're, hey, you're the one that said at Chicago <laughs> last time. He said, "Hey, I'm not just going to overlook that. You're not just going to slide <laughs> that in." We're going to look if up they, on, if, on March the fourth. If they do want to go perfect, up, they they gotta they gotta just squash DePaul though. Because DePaul remember this is the team that beat Xavier when Xavier was coasting. Mm-hmm. And so um I'm not saying hey, like circle the date, but they they gotta squash them. And then um so yeah, I think I think if Creighton wins tonight, um we're probably talking about a, a tiebreaker or something. If they lose, I don't think there's a shot. I mean, there's three games left, and Marquette would 
easily have the leg up on everybody. So could, could you could you see Ed Cooley to Georgetown? I don't know, man. I I, I go back and forth on this every week, and uh, I want to say history and the Jordan brand and the things that tie into Georgetown make it an attractive job. But really, when you look at the landscape and put it in perspective over the past 10, 15 years, what is really attractive about Georgetown that would make Cooley leave what he's built and what he's made a, you know, a real popularity he's status? Made, made close close, close to $4 million a year in a top, a top 15 basketball job, I think people think. Yeah. So um, – is Georgetown on par with that? I yeah. mean, it's, I'm it's talking about Georgetown. Good. You don't think Georgetown's a top 15 basketball job? Oh no, I don't think top so. top 20 for uh, sure. I think we're 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 banking on nostalgia here. I think now, like, mm-hmm. uh, well, that matters. I can't remember. I mean, sure, but it would take a a Jesus level coach to restore that. <laughs> uh, any any 33 year old carpenters out there? Yeah, Cooley's a great coach, but uh, I don't, I don't know if he. Maybe he wants to do it. Maybe he wants to, uh, you know, flip the house over there. (laughs) Always, always good, Joel. We appreciate you, man. Hey, enjoy tonight, and uh, hopefully Creighton can come out with a W. Appreciate it, guys. Talk soon. Thanks, buddy. That is Creighton beat writer for the Omaha World Herald at JX Lorenzi on social media. Shane couldn't even let you get away with anything. Man. Comes in with the March 4th. Just waiting. March just waiting 4th. to bus roll me. <laughs> We're going to look up on, on March the 4th, actually the morning of March the 5th, and <sighs> table. Hey, we looked up on February 20th and saw Matt Rule could, grab his first recruit of 2024. They could still do that. Mm. 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 Run the table mm. from now. I mean, whatever, you know. They sure could. Is that right? Run the table? Yeah. I think I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. All right. So (laughs) do you you want the answer? Yes. Let's go. So I wasn't giving him too much credit. It was absolutely by design. I've always done eight weeks of training. believe it takes eight weeks to build players in a team. Historically, I've done eight weeks leading into spring break, giving them the week off, and then started spring ball. There's positives and negatives. The negatives possible is, is pulls starting right after the week of, but eight weeks is definitely needed. I had to bring in guys a week early just to do so. I'm telling you, sure as I'm sitting here, without knowing any of that, what I say, he, he, <laughs> not only, so let's go back to what T Mac texted me a couple weeks ago. Hey, he's implementing his system. That's why people believe. He's done this before. Okay, so let's operate under that premise. He's done this before. Yes, I have reasons to believe. But you talk about checkers to chess and realigning and doing things to date, bringing guys in a week early, weighing the risk-reward, the pros and cons, what's worked before in the past, and then the execution of it. It's like Eminem, one of my favorite rappers of all time. He's just not afraid. It's to take a stand? Just not, just not afraid. And I, I just had this feeling that he had mapped this thing out in his head. Well, that, that's the only way that it makes sense with Matt Rule. 
Right? Yeah, because that's that's it. Just would, it would be weird if it didn't have any sort of design to it. Yeah. If he just said, "Ah, it's just kind of well, what I, I want," and I wonder, and I figured I didn't think it was willy nilly by any means, but maybe I did. I was like, "Ah, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Maybe it was just kind of how the schedule broke." So I double did my due diligence. You know, I'm going. I asked a couple people in the know in the athletic department. You know, I was I asked the I call him the captain. I was like, "Hey." You know, Keith, when's the last time? So then he and I are having a, mm-hmm. a conversation, which gives me a frame of reference to whether I even need to ask the question or not. Like, am I crazy? And I knew the COVID year because, but he wasn't even sure the COVID year they had the spring break to begin with. So we threw that one out. Um, and it has it has been a while because it is late. You're talking almost the end of April to play that spring game. Nobody cares. <laughs> You got eight weeks. That's the number. This is the television date. We don't care who we're competing with. We'll work out the logistics of TV later. Uh, we're rolling. And they're feeling good. They're feeling good about what's ahead. And and I feel a lot better, too, about the active rest. Right. And speaking of feeling good, do you feel good about the quarterback room? We'll get into that next. Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. 